Oh man, Patrick, are you full? Uh, yeah, I'm still a little. I'm still trying to get Ooh. all the all the flecks of meat on my, on my teeth. <laughs> I ate a lot of turkey last night, more than I thought I would. I also <laughs> had some ham. I had some ham last night. Okay. I I had like eight slices of ham. Uh, probably four or five scoops of mac and cheese. Okay. And then maybe a dozen cookies, and that was it. Wow. <laughs> the cookies, that's, that surprises me. I had uh, I had some ham, some turkey, mac and cheese. There were, like, f- multiple varieties of mac and cheese. All good. And then uh, green bean casserole. I tried oh. a little bit because it's even I heard, normally eat that. I heard from my friend, good old Dave, he said that that was an uh, all-star item. He the, loved it. The green bean casserole. Green, he said that he wasn't planning on eating, and when he saw that, he's like, I got a munch down this green bean casserole. Good. So, and we had leftovers. I got so much ham left over. That was, I made the ham. So, that's why. Well, all right. Well, that's why you, I was you win. You win. Uh, yeah, it was good. You know, there's the, the turkey was good. There's even some... There's some, some, there are some parts of the turkey that you wouldn't suspect would be good, but are. Like the oysters in the back. I don't know if you've ever heard of the oyster. Uh, it looks like a little tiny oyster, and it's a part of turkeys and chickens that's super good. And sometimes the neck meat is even pretty good. Nice. If you can yeah. get to it. You had a little bit of that. I got a little too. bit of that. Yeah. Morgan, our high school director, loves the turkey neck. Um, just kidding. That's loathe, a joke. maybe loathe would be a better yeah. word than love. <laughs> Pat, right. What uh, scripture are we in today? I'm I'm ready to just fall asleep, still digesting. Just kidding. Uh, that tryptophan, tryptophan is kicking in. Whatever that stuff is. Yeah, we are actually wrapping up our series on James oh, today okay. with a short little passage, James chapter five, verses thirteen through twenty. Yes, the prayer of faith. Jamie, I read last week, so. You're on this week. You read a lot last week, and I think you did the week before, so it is definitely yeah. my turn. Yeah. Bring us home. Let's end, Here we let's go. End the James. prayer of faith. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If you have sinned, they will be forgiven. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this. Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is quite the word today. It is. We're talking about prayer and really digging into prayer. And uh, it's pretty incredible what uh, what prayer can do and what prayer has done. And I like that James is ending with this. Yeah. Right. He's like putting a cap on this letter and saying, hey, guys, let's pray. Yeah. Because it matters. Absolutely. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. This is a concept that working with middle schoolers, hmm. I try to hone in on more often than not. Okay. Whenever at the end of youth group, when we go around in our breakout groups, the last question, breakout group question is, how can we pray for each other this week? Hmm. 
And I always put emphasis on how can we ask God for help, but also how can we, what, what has God done in our life that we can be thankful for? Yeah. I am a big advocate of prayers of praise because I think they're just as important as uh, prayers, asking God for prayers in your times of trouble. Right. There's like a culture these days, it seems like people seek Christ when they are in trouble only. Yeah. It's like you have some sickness, you get COVID, you might go to Christ. But after you have conquered COVID, if you had it, I, I feel like some people, including myself, forget to go back to Christ and say, thank you for protecting me, watching over me. Thank you for the time that I had uh, where I was sick to like rest. I feel like people don't approach Christ in the good very often. Yeah, and sometimes, I mean, you just got to think about it. Like if you're in trouble, who's the first person you call? Is it a friend? Is it your mom? Is it your dad? Is it your, uh, you know, a counselor? Is it, uh, is it? Who, you know, who might it be when you're in trouble? And then also if you're happy and ready to celebrate, who's the first person you call? Yeah. And a lot of times it, that's not God. Right. Uh, but when we're in trouble and we have nowhere to turn, we do turn to God. When we're happy, like you said, we're like, we're happy. And we yeah. might turn to self. We might, some people, even when they're happy and when they're in trouble, their worst behavior comes out. Yeah. Right. So there are folks who maybe have a problem with drinking. And when they're happy, they want to drink. And when yeah. they're sad, they want to drink. Yeah. And, and that's what they turn to. So here, James is like, you know, let's not do that. Let's bring all this to the Lord uh, with songs of praise or with, with prayers. Yep. And is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and, and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. <laughs> At least half of this practice is still very common. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if people are sick, they want to be, they want to, you know, be, be healed. Uh, there's a cool thing, you know, the elders of the church, these are the people who are the leaders of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so if you really want to be well, you know, call these folks who God has called to service. Yeah. Our church has elders. Um, and you're one of them. I'm one of the elders of the church. Uh, one of them. So it's not that there's a, and this is what's kind of cool too. It's not that like, oh, here's someone who has a specific healing ministry. In fact, scripture warns us about false prophets that have the ability to heal, uh, that they're just, they're faking it or that they're, maybe it's, you know, them trying to lead people astray. Uh, and there's even folks in different parts of the world who have healing ministries who are false prophets. Yeah. Right. And they want to heal people for their glory or to lead people astray, um, uh, to move people into different areas. And, and they're all about healing uh, and maybe not about Jesus. And so what's cool here is it's the elders who are going to pray for people. It's a community of folks who are going to pray. So to help protect against false elders, do you have an elder identification card? An elder, I have, uh, <laughs> our elders are not given identification cards, uh, but I do have a Presbyterian pastor minister card that they sent. Nice. Yeah. So you, you do. I have one. Yeah. 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 But I've, I can pull the pastor card literally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Nice. That's true. If you ever get pulled over, you should pull that out. You know, my, my dad was a pastor and he had a clergy, uh, plaque that he could put in the front of his windshield and park at these like really cool parking spots and hospitals when he was visiting people. Oh my gosh. So you know, like you go to a hospital and like you have to park like way on like the top part yeah. of a parking structure and there's so clergy weird. parking spots. And so he would put out his little clergy plaque and park in like 
super great parking. Oh my gosh. I know. It's like the one half benefit you get of being clergy. It's <laughs> fantastic. Uh, but anyway, the cool thing here is that it's not about a single person. It's about the leadership of the church. Yeah. God is in the leadership of the church and he calls them to pray over them and to anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Yeah. So it's people aren't healing. It's in the name of the Lord. It's the Lord who's healing people. The anointing with oil is an interesting thing in here because anointing someone with oil back then, uh, so, some folks have said, and some commentators have said that when you anoint someone with oil, it's like a medicine. Mm. And so they've said, oh, well, you're supposed to use medicine and you're supposed to pray for them. But I'm pretty sure when this, uh, even when this was first read, it doesn't say, you know, call the doctors and anoint them with oil, uh, call the medical people. This is more of a prayerful, spiritual thing yeah. uh, about healing. Today, we see that there are miracles through medicine. Yeah. You know, it's a miracle, the things that we're able to do through medicine. And I'm sure. all for medicine. Um, but prayer is also something that is extremely important. Yeah. Uh, and it's extremely important for us to get together and to pray for people. Here's what's weird, though, is the response. Verse 15, right? Yeah. The prayer offered in faith will make the pers- the sick person well. And that <laughs> makes sense, right? We get that. <laughs> the, the Lord, Lord will, will raise, raise them, them up. up. Uh <laughs> Does that mean like they passed away? Uh, well, you <laughs> maybe, know, maybe it, not. yeah, no, it means it like raise them to their feet might okay. be a, a good way yeah. to put it. If you know, they, if they're sick and lying on the ground, they'll be, they'll be able to get up. Right. But the second part is one that's a little different. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Yeah. Right. Whoa. So back then, and maybe even still today, people thought that healing and spiritual health went together. Mm -hmm. So if you were spiritually healthy, you would be physically healthy. If you're Mm -hmm. spiritually, um, or if you were physically unhealthy, that meant that there was some sort of spiritual unhealth in your life. Mm -hmm. And they saw that as like a one-to-one relationship. Now that's just not true. We kind of realize that today that there are people who could have really strong spiritual health and bad physical health because everyone dies, right? Like, That's just a normal thing in life. Uh, You live and then you die. Um, Our ultimate spiritual hope is that being risen uh, or raised, being to to raise up, to be risen up. Yeah, that's hard for me to say. Yeah, for that to happen, um, the, the... we're looking for that in the future. We're looking for that in the last days. We're looking for that when we see Jesus face to face, that we will we will stand before him, uh, which is a cool thing. But that's not necessarily in the now and in the moment. I do believe that God heals people in the now and in the moment, but he does so by his power and for his glory. Yeah. But the cool thing is <clears throat> it that people's sins can be forgiven when we come together and pray for them. Yeah. That the church has the power to help do that. Right. And in verse 16, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray right. for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Yes. So when we pray for each other uh, and we confess sins to each other, there's something about, and, and I hate to use the word unlocking the power of God, but it almost seems like that. There's God does something when we come together and say, I screwed up. Yeah. Right. I said something mean to you, or I cheated on my taxes, or (laughs) 
I ate uh, the last piece of turkey without asking. Or, you know, what, what, <laughs> whatever it is that you did, uh, that you did um, wrong. And when we confess that to each other and then we pray for each other, not so that we can be healed. We're praying for each other for, for spiritual healing. Yeah, right. Um, it's amazing what happens. And he ends this, right? The, this prayer of a righteous person, it's powerful. It's effective. Yeah, and then he goes into an example here. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Crazy story. If you, This is like a side note, but if you ever really want to read the story of Elijah and, and the rain not happening, it is probably one of the most epic stories in Scripture First uh, Kings chapter 18, you might have to go back a little bit further to get kind of a little more of the context, but you know, there's good versus evil and that's yeah. the whole part of this. But mm-hmm. Elijah, uh, by the power of God and, and the people come together and they defeat evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of a sudden they hadn't rained for three and a half years. Elijah looks in the distance and has this guy look seven times. He looks and he's like, I see a cloud the size of a fist, like a tiny little cloud out in the distance. And Elijah says, oh, we better tell this this evil king he's got to get a move on because otherwise he's going to get stuck in the flood, right? <laughs> like <laughs> you're not going to make it in the flood. And so uh, this, this story is a pretty epic story of God moving. Um, but the point is that Elijah is a special person. He's a prophet, but he was a human. Yeah. And he didn't do anything by his own power. Everything he did was just the power of God. Yeah, right. In fact, God's power was moving no matter what. And Elijah was just willing to be uh, where God would have him be at the right place in the right time. Right. And James is, is acknowledging that right at the beginning in 17. Elijah was human being, even as we are, just like us. Exactly. He was nothing more. He was not extra special. He was just a human. And so in verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring you back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the evil of their way will save them from the death and cover over a multitude of sins. Yeah. This is a crazy deal. This, this last part. Yeah, um, absolutely. People wander from the truth all the time. Yeah. And sometimes they'll, they'll hear a philosophy that just feels better. Uh-huh. Uh, or they'll be led astray by, you know, maybe they're dating someone who has a different faith belief sure. and, and they'll kind of go in that direction. Right. Or maybe they'll just gladly be distracted by wealth. Sure. Like, like we said, kind of at, in our last podcast. Uh, or maybe they'll be distracted by um, other relationships or work or whatever it would be. And we wander from the truth and we start to live kind of as just anyone else would live. Yeah. Um, when that happens, it's a sad thing. I've been working with several people who are in kind of this faith deconstruction, deconstructing mode where their faith is falling apart. Yeah. And they are actively in the spot of helping that process along. Yeah. Uh, just because it feels good to just kind of knock everything down and start over again. Right. But uh, really in that it's a sad thing but but what we're supposed to do as the church is we should help bring people back right here's the hard part right turning a sinner from the error of their way is a difficult thing to do uh-huh. because 
usually if there's someone who you see and you're like, hey, you're kind of going in the wrong direction. I think there's a better way. Let's wander yeah. back on this path or this trail. Yeah. People don't want to hear it. Sure. Right. But if you can do it, it's a fantastic thing because you're going to save them from something. Yeah. And Maybe that's, even death. Yeah, that's right. And, and it says that you will save them from death and cover multitude of sins. And there's also no incentive for someone to go and do this. It's not like you'll go and save this, some, this person from their death and their multitude of sins and you'll get reward. Yeah, like, no, it's, yeah, right. But it's like what we're called to do. And if you care about them, that's what you'll do. That's why if you have someone in your family, immediate family, and you believe in Jesus and you have experienced the joy of knowing uh, you have salvation and the joy of God's presence in your life and the calling to a greater purpose in your life, you have all that. You've experienced it. You've tasted it. The next best thing is to want other people to taste that. And when they're like, nah, I don't even want a bite. You know, it's like the Thanksgiving table. Uh, if you've had... Maybe you had a bite of the best pumpkin pie you've ever had in your life, but no one else even wants to take a bite. You yeah. get bummed. Yeah. You're like, what? Yeah, what are you right. doing? Like, yeah. why, why won't you try this? This is the best pumpkin pie I've ever had. Right. Um, that's just a minor example of the magnitude of knowing what's going on uh, with the world and what's going on with Jesus and that salvation that he has for you and for me. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible thing to watch someone who has wandered away from their faith come back. Yeah. Yeah. And true. it's sadly, it seems to be rare, but when it happens, it is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And more often than not, those people come back to faith and then are big advocates in furthering the kingdom of God. Yes. Uh, they come back to faith and then they talk about their story. They talk about their faith journey, how they wandered and now they're back ultimately hoping to encourage other people to do the same thing. And I would say a lot of people I know who've wandered from the truth, they've actually wandered from what I would call, you know, lukewarm Christianity. Uh -huh. They've wandered because they see the church and like, those people don't really believe what they say. Uh -huh. Or they wander away thinking, oh, this, is, this isn't for me because the style of it or the way people live. Yeah. But the, you end up kind of throwing out the baby with the bathwater as the expression goes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's probably not a good expression, is it? <laughs> wow. There's a lot of expressions that just aren't good. Maybe that's one of them. But basically, you, you throw out the good with, with the bad. And, yeah. and what happens is is all of a sudden you've let go of the truth because you experienced something uh, that was bad and you just kind of get rid of the whole deal. Um, for us and for anyone who's out there who's thinking, man, I just want to walk away from this faith thing or walk away from this church or this Bible study or this small group or whatever it is, it's your circle of, of faith. Um, I would just say stop and, and look of what, what look internally, what are you really trying to get rid of? Yeah. Uh, and know that Jesus is for you and know yeah. that you have a contribution to give to the church too. Yeah. Uh, and so, and for everyone else, uh, if there's someone in your life who has wandered away from the truth, God wants you to work to bring that person back. Absolutely. And it's a matter, it's not a matter of, you know, having a, a good friend group. It's not a matter of having um, the coolest looking church. It's not a matter of, of you know, one more, one more person who's considered a Christian. It's a matter of life and death. Yeah. There it is, the book of James. We wrapped it up. We skipped a few little stories, but that's okay because we had to take a week off, but 
this was almost James in its entirety. So That's I it. hope that you all learned something and I hope that everyone had a great Thanksgiving. One de Thanksgiving debate, this is a totally separate topic. Jamie, yeah. it seems like the beverage of sparkling cider hmm. at Thanksgiving meals is definitely a West Coast thing. Have you ever heard is of this? Is it really? Have you? No. You never had sparkling cider? No, no, I have had oh. it, but I didn't realize it was just a West Coast thing. I've been talking to some people that did not grow up in California, hmm. and they were shocked to hear that sparkling cider is a my beverage of choice when they Thanksgiving meal. What it, what in the world do they drink on the East Coast? They drink like motor oil or something? What's going on over there? Probably Cure coffee. Oh man. <laughs> anyway, thanks for checking out our devotional and our series on James and we'll be back next week with a series on Advent. That sounds like a, a plan and if you guys have seven minutes, read the entire book of James. That's how long it took me to read it. Dang. Okay, there we go. Let's we'll see you next week.